Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Newstalk ZB's chief political reporter, Jason Walls, joins us. Jace, how you doing? Good, mate. How are you doing? Long time. Do- it has been a long time. Well, you're always travelling around the world with the Prime Minister carrying a handbag. Chris Hipkins has formally apologised to Charlotte Bellis over her emergency MIQ saga. Before I go on, okay, I am carrying the ZB microphone, not the Prime Minister. <laughs> you think I'm going to let you get away with that before going into some stuff? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way so the listeners know. Um, <laughs> yes, it has been quite the saga down here in um, the halls of power. In fact, yesterday we woke up to a statement from the minister at 7.30 in the morning apologizing for the comments that he had made earlier in the year. Now, to take listeners back, it was Charlotte Ballas, who was the, the pregnant Kiwi journalist working for Al Jazeera, who penned an opinion piece saying that, or basically laying out her frustrations with the MIQ system and how she was unable to get back home. Now, the story was massive. It was really the only thing anybody talked about for about a week. And the government was obviously really feeling the heat because Chris Hipkins, who was the COVID minister at the time, came out and said, listen, well, we have pro- we tried to provide her consular assistance. And then she denied that. She turned it down. And he was forced to come out yesterday in this statement to publicly apologize say those statements were inaccurate and he also apologized for releasing personal information now the interesting thing about the saga is that he had made um, a personal apology to charlotte ballas on march 15th so what happened between now and then so the chris hipkins has apologized so will the prime minister apologize there was a written apology and then obviously some back and forth around a public apology but the most important thing is that there's been an acknowledgement that the minister got things wrong and when that happens we do need to acknowledge that. Do you offer a, should you give an apology given that you're the head of the government and the box stops with you? Well I think ultimately what we are you know really addressing here is that there was information shared um, that shouldn't have been and that was inaccurate and so ultimately let's Let's apologise for what actually occurred. That's what the minister has done. Will you apologise for that? I, obviously, the minister has apologised as a minister in the government. We've all acknowledged that uh, that what happened shouldn't have, and he's apologised for it. So oh, slightly aggressive there, Jason. I, I, I kind of thought there was a little bit of aggression there from you. Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, the, the, poor thing, the thing about Charlotte Ballas, right, is she was subjected to... Uh, days and days, even weeks of abuse from partisan hacks that saw her questioning the government's line. And I think she deserves an apology from them as well as Chris Hipkins, but the Prime Minister's obviously not. What we learned from this morning through my colleague at the New Zealand um, Herald, Michael Nielsen, is that the Herald understands that Bellis could have sought financial settlement after Hipkins admitted his liability in that private apology, um, but she considered the public apology, apology sufficient. So she could have actually asked for money from the government for what sounds to be a defamation suit, but she said a public apology would suit. And it just sounds like there's been about three months of back and forth between her lawyers and the government. Yeah, that's where I kind of got confused by the whole thing. Why would it take that long for lawyers to be fighting it out? Yeah, well, I think it was just the wording of the apology, or at least that's what Hipkins said. There's so much that we don't know about this. I would love to be a fly on the wall in those discussions to see why it took so long. But for now, the word of Chris Hipkins and the Prime Minister is it was lawyers going back and forth. And no money's changed hands, apparently. Apparently.
Well, I mean, that's Apparently. what they've said, and, and Charlotte Ballas has said it as well, so we can take that as read. Yeah, I think she just wanted, from, from being an outsider looking in, and that's what I've, I am, is I think she wanted the wording of the apology to, to be right. I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Talking about uh, Chris Hipkins, he's now our new police minister. How's he been going? I mean, how's, what, what's he done in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, it's pretty stark contrast when he's taken over. Uh, you remember Potter Williams, who stood up in the House and famously rejected the premise of the question when she was asked by a national MP what, how she responds to um, increasing gang tension around New Zealand and basically handed them a story that they took to town with for about two or three weeks. And every single day in the House, Mark Mitchell, who is the police spokesperson for the Nats, would stand up to say, um, in, light of her, in light of her comment that she rejects the premise that there is rising gang tension, how does she respond to, and then just had various different illustrations of gang tension. Um, Chris Hipkins stood up in the, ha- the House earlier this week and acknowledged that, yes, there had been a spike in gang tension, and here's what the government's going to do about it, and said that the government is going to fast-track new laws around firearms protection orders. And he's also said that there's going to be a new crackdown on crime package announced very soon, and he's working with new Justice Minister Kitty Allen about that. But you can see that the government is really panicking over this quote-unquote soft-on-crime rhetoric from the National Party, um, and it's really getting into the ears of New Zealanders who obviously they wouldn't make a, a massive change at, about taking Poto out and putting their most competent minister, Chris Hipkins, in if they weren't concerned about it. So, you know, you don't bring an all-star into the batting lineup unless you're worried about um, the bowler. You know what, I, what, what concerns me, Jason, and, and I'd love your opinion on it, is how can somebody be Minister of Education and Minister of Police? They're two huge portfolios for one person, and I can't remember that ever happening before. Well, I mean, Hipkins is just to fix it. You've got to give him the portfolios that are in trouble. And he has relinquished his COVID-19 portfolio and given it to um, Aisha Beryl, who I have to say is, is turning out to be quite a competent minister. And if you look at the fact that she was only made an MP in 2020 and she's now been given what was um, the biggest portfolio in government and now has probably lost a little bit of its glean, but she is still handling that quite well. But, you know, it's a good point. There's a lot on his plate right now, but he, to his credit, he is very, very across the education brief. He's had it from day one from being a minister. So it'd be interesting to see if he has the same grip on the por- police portfolio, but we'll see how that rolls out. And just really quickly before you go, Jacinda Ardern is off to Europe this week to talk war, trade. Uh, what do you think she's hoping to achieve and are you going? I'm not going, unfortunately, but the, uh, the ever-competent um, Thomas Cogwin from the Herald is going, and he'll be able to. Um, he's kind of helping to report for ZB as well, so we'll have him on the scene there. But she's, it's basically about um, the free trade agreements, um, essentially, getting that across the line with the EU. It's been notoriously hard because there are a lot of countries involved. And she's kind of teasing the, I'm helping to get it across the line, but there's absolutely no way that she'd be leaving to Europe without knowing that she's going over there to sign a document that says that it's coming into force. So expect an announcement about that coming out. Also, she's talking to NATO um, about various different things. And one, she said the two things she's going to be talking about is the um, conflict in the region, of course, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and also tensions within the Pacific. And like read into that China. So there's a lot on the prime minister's plate as well as meeting Boris Johnson or seeing Boris Johnson again. Thanks, Jason. Always a pleasure. Always great to have a great Matariki weekend. Jason Walls, who is News Talk ZB chief political reporter, and he talks to us on the Beehive Buzz.